Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Mastery Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery. How many times have you thought, there has to be a better way, while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right. Today we have Charles Correa. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks for being on the show. And if you could start by telling listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. I've been investing in multifamily since 06 and commercial properties since 2009. I'm originally from Connecticut and I self-managed my own properties for about six years up there before moving down to Florida. And I have a third-party management there. So grew up with it. My dad has been an investor since the 80s. So uh, grew up in the business. I like it. I started buying better properties than what my dad bought. He bought a lot of D-class stuff. Mm-hmm. So I learned that lesson or he taught me that lesson. Thank God I didn't have to learn it myself and just made sure that buying C, C plus and above and... Now, what we do is we focus on syndication in mainly the Southeast. Most of our assets are in Florida. Thanks for coming on board today, Charles. I know you work with a lot of international investors. You know, we, we haven't used that yet. And I'm curious, you know, how do you build your database of working with international investors? I have a podcast called Global Investors Podcast that Gary, you've been on. There's a lot of US only investors on there. And then there's also, I bring on a lot of professionals that have worked with foreign investors. It's a pretty straightforward process when you're doing a syndication with past investors. It's just going to be, I always say, like another 15 or 20% worth of stuff. And that's really where mostly when people are coming to you, it's not going to be a fast turnaround or it's not someone that has to be set up in the United States first. Obviously, they can do it in their own name, but I usually will direct them to other professionals that really focus and specialize on it because there's a lot of nuances. And if they're going to set up a U.S., LLC, if they have a lot of money, if it's going to be a US trust that's maybe owned by shares of a foreign company, how are they going to get their funds to the US? And making sure that as a syndicator, when we're receiving money into our attorney's escrow account or into our title company's escrow account, that that money is coming from a US bank account. So none of us general partners are on the hook for any of that KYC, know your customer, that really we can't efficiently do. It's something that if they have an account with Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo has uh, teams of people that check these people out beforehand. And that makes it easier for us. So if anything ever happened, it's, hey, we got the money from Bank of America account and all this kind of stuff. And there's going to be other people down the line that are going to be on the hook more than we are. That's, uh, that's a really good information. 
you mentioned some of the cons taking a little longer and about a little extra work. Any other, like, are there pros to, to working with international investors? Are there cons that we should know about? I hear all the time and what I hear uh, feedback from people that have been watching the media, what somebody overseas would be watching the media and be like, oh my God, like they're burning down these cities in the United States and everything like that. Same thing like when we saw the Hong Kong protests and I was over in Hong Kong, I didn't see one protest. I was there for a month during one of the times. So it's the same thing is that when I hear people, the first thing is about news and how negative everything is portrayed here. And that's something that you kind of have to you have to explain and have them, you have a lot more savvier investors that have boots on the ground that know that. The other thing too is with taxes, that's going to be something else. Well, obviously they have to worry about their own taxes. You're just sending a K1 out. Hopefully they'll have like a US LLC somewhere, but it's going to be on the withholding that the GP is going to have to do with their funds. And it's just a couple more steps. It's just making sure that your accountant that's generating your K1s knows what they're doing and can file the withholding so that we're all in compliance with the U.S. government. Because obviously the U.S. government doesn't mind about foreign investors. They're just not going to you know, track down someone in Saudi Arabia that owns their money So for taxes. So is that the 15% that you have to put aside for them out of their proceedings or how does that work? Our accountant will put it aside for them and it differs per deal, but it's going to be put in withholding and then they'll get that back, whatever that percentage is that's set aside. They'll get that back when they file their taxes. Like a US person with a W-2 would get their money back after they file their taxes in 2021 for 2020's taxes. It would be something similar. So they're not getting all their money up front like we would in the US. People are going to have their money and it doesn't really matter if they're getting their returns in uh, November, but right now, if you're getting your quarter one, that kind of stinks. But it's one of the things. The other thing, too, another pro, like you were asking about before, is that with international investors, I find a lot, too, that it's not always the return. Like You're dealing with a lot of more sophisticated credit investors here in the United States, and they'll say, well, I was going to get 18% IRR over here, 21 here, and it's nothing like that. It's much more security. It's consistent cash flow. I've been speaking to family offices that are looking to put money in the United States. And they were just saying, we have two and a half million dollars and we're looking for a 7% return. And this specific asset class, we're putting it in. And then we have this for this asset class. And that might be across the board for family offices. But I've also, when speaking to like in Hong Kong or different investors, and they'd be, you know, it's always, they're not really, you'll, they'll be happy with a high single digit return. Whereas the United States, they might be looking for twice that because if they're out at the conferences and everybody's, you know, everybody sends you an email and tell them they just sold something and it was like four times their money or you know something crazy. And they want to get that again. And that's just, it's a little different. They're looking more for security of capital. They're looking to kind of spread it over. And it's really like protecting of their investment is number one, which should be for anybody. And then just having an investment that's going to exceed or return that's going to exceed uh, inflation. That's really interesting. And so obviously, once they've set up their own account, you know, the legal side is, is basically done. But any other things from the legal aspect that other syndicators should know about taking investor money? It's just a longer process. If I speak to someone now, even if they start working on their like ITIN, their international tax ID, so they can get their employer identification number for the LLC and the whole thing. It's just, you know, they have to go through a professional. At the end of the day, anybody has any questions, if they're a GP and they have questions about, just send me an email and I'll send you over like a book we have with people in there. But the thing though is that it, when they're doing it, just make sure that you're covered and then it's, it's they're not going to be investing into your something you're getting under LOI right now, right? That's going to be something that's six months down the road. So with most new investors, that's I probably would think that they're going to build a relationship with who they're investing with or should. So it's not really a huge problem. It's just that they know that. And 
I have expats too that invest back in the United States and they usually will have a company that they keep, which makes it very straightforward. And then they're not on the debt. So that's something that makes it very clean and they can be anywhere if they have that US corporation. But those are the main things that I would look out for and just make sure you're putting them with very good legal and make sure that your accountant that's handling all of your K-1 generations and all your payouts for distributions for your syndication knows what they're doing and has worked with some type of international investor before. So, Any horror stories you have uh, working with foreign capital? Not really. It's just, I wouldn't say horror stories. I've had people pull back during the eviction moratorium has been something in the United States because a lot of other countries don't have this. So it's something that I had some investors in Hong Kong and not that they had given me kind of a, a firm, soft commitment, but they were very interested in investing. And when we saw that this eviction moratorium is not going away and it probably won't be going away until next year or the year after federally, it's something that people are now a little bit more hesitant. And now there's other places that are emerging, for instance, in like Southeast Asia. These are places where they're putting their money and they feel it's actually safer and they have more control over their capital than parts of the United States with what's happening. So that's something that wasn't an issue two years ago when we were doing deals and is now an issue or now a another hurdle, I guess. But when you're dealing with certain investors, they will, if they're investing in the United States, they most likely have investments in real estate in other countries as well outside of their home country. So I think they're, these are very worldly people that will be doing this. And they're very savvy with knowing about different investments, different risks per country. And they have most of them that have the money have some sort of team already set up and make sure that when they're dealing with their team here, a savvy one will make sure that they're tying in their team back in their home country for taxation reasons as well. And make sure that if they ask you that you're suggesting that as well, because that's a huge thing. And they don't want to bring money back on shore for them and now having to pay this big tax bill. Yeah, a ton of great information. I'm going to pass it over to Kyle to bring us home. All right, Charles, what is your asset management superpower? I think tackling small problems before they turn into large ones. It's something that you know, you're putting out that nose to quit when we're used to, nose to quit right away. You're uh, anything like that because in real estate, I think it's a lot slower of a process. And so something that happens in January might not really bubble to the surface in June and getting right on top of it right away really stops a lot of issues from going further. Yeah. Awesome. Be proactive, not reactive, right? <laughs> Perfect. And lastly, where can people find out more about you? If you're interested in actively or passively investing in real estate, you can just reach out to a direct page on my website. It's uh, schedulecharles.com and it's right on my personal page and set up a 30-minute call and we can talk about it. And if you're a general partner or anything like that, interested about international investors, drop a message over there and I'll get right back to you. Excellent. Well, thank you, Charles, for being on the show. To all our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and give us a like, subscribe, and review so we can continue to grow the podcast. And we'll talk to you all next week. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. 
You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to AssetManagementMastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.